so what I want to talk about is uh, what do we do when culture disagrees with what the Bible says? Ooh. What happens when my political affiliation disagrees with the Bible? What happens when my opinion, my biases disagree with the Bible? Okay, this is a big one, all right, because uh, for some people, uh, for a lot of people, there are beliefs we want to have, right? Uh, we, we all have, and I've unpacked this before, we all have based upon our backgrounds, our history, uh, maybe our family, maybe where you grew up, you have a, a bias towards certain beliefs as a result of that environment, as a result of what you've been taught and, and, and all of those things, right? We, we all do. It's unavoidable. There are certain opinions you have, and for some of you, you have strong opinions about certain things, and you don't even know why. You're like in a debate with someone, and all of a sudden you go, why do I care? And you're like, where is this coming from? And it's because you have these, right? We all have them. And, and, and when it comes to a, a setting like this, when it comes to, you know, um, understanding of what the Bible says, and, and, and I unpacked two, three weeks ago why the Bible's reliable, why it's trustworthy, why it's uh, relevant. I unpacked those things. But if I'm going to uh, pursue it and, and I'm going to follow what it says, at some point, uh, it is going to disagree either with me, uh, with something I want, something I desire, or a belief that, or a position that maybe I've had, and it's going to confront that. And, 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 and usually, where we see this struggle in our lives is with, um, with culture. And what I mean by that is culture is moving, and it's moving at a pace that I would say is unprecedented, Right? It's unprecedented. It's just like going, going. And I would say everything in culture is moving at that speed. I was just talking to, um, actually, I was just talking to my, uh, with my boys. And, and, and it was like they wanted to watch a movie, and, and, and one of the other boys was, was telling about, uh, he was talking about a kid in his class who, who was saying, oh, I finally get to watch this movie. And one of my other boys corrected him and said, well, that's now an old movie. And, and I was like, yeah, you're kind of right, because they put movies out now like every stinking, like they're just nonstop pumping out movies, right? And, and everything I feel like in culture is doing that. It's just pumping out new and better, and, and it's continuing to move at such a uh, fast uh, speed. And what we try to do is just like with technology, right? We want to keep up. Right, so new iPhone comes out, new technology, and, and we're like, oh, I want it, I need it. Oh, I can't believe you can do this or I can do that. And so I want that, and, and, we, and we do that, and we try to stay up. And then what we see is not only with technology, but we also see uh, with just uh, ways of thinking, ways of viewing different subjects, different topics, um, and, and, and we see that progressing as well at a speed that's unprecedented. And so what we do is, is we don't want to stand out. We don't want to, you know, so we just kind of fit within that trend, and we just try and keep up, and, and we just go with it. And, and the problem is this. At some point... When you just keep going like that down that road, you bump into some things if you're trying to follow God's word that will speak against the thing that you're aligning with. And, and the reason is because, honestly, God's word is constant. Okay, we, we saw that like three weeks ago. So it's not, when, it, when I say it's constant, it's the, the truth of what it says is what it is, and that doesn't evolve. Okay. 
Like it is what it is, right? Culture, though, does what? Culture is evolving, right? So culture is continuing to move, and, and a lot of times it, it circles itself, and, and at some point they bump, right? And, 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 and so what you need to understand is that, that the truth that we read about, that, that's not changing, but culture is. And so in Hebrews 13.8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, now, now what does that mean, right? That means that, that who Jesus was that we read about is who Jesus is, and if he's who we follow, how he lived then uh, connects with how we're to live today. So he's the same yesterday, today, forever. So, so, when, uh, so the decisions he made, how he navigated people, how he loved people, um, the things he, all the things that he taught, that is just as alive and real today as it was uh, then uh, because he is what? He is the same. And so um, what's, why that's so important is when you read the Bible, it's not time-stamped to the people it was written to at the time it was written. It's not time-stamped. Okay, um, and, 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 and so what you see is, is the truth of God's word. It stays the same, you know, and, and how we apply it looks different, but it stays the same. The thing that's so difficult about culture is what? It's continuing to move. It's continuing to move. It's, it's always changing. It's always evolving and like I said, it's evolving and changing quicker than it was before. When you think about things 10 years ago, 10 years ago seems like 30 years ago now. It's just crazy how quick things uh, move. Now, with culture always changing and always evolving, one of the questions that we have to ask if this is really important and we're wrestling between uh, culture and following God is we got to ask this question. Is culture changing for the better? Why don't you just think about that? You don't need to go, yes, no. Just think about it. Is culture changing for the better? Because if it's evolving and moving and I want to continue to align with it, then it better be progressing, right? In a better way. If it's not, i got to ask, why am I moving forward with it? In other words, why am I getting into that car? Right? And, 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 and I think when you look at the overall, um, just what's going on in our culture, I think it's really tough to make the case that we're improving, isn't it? I think when you look at medication, I think when you look at uh, drug use, when, when, you, when you think about uh, mental health, and you think about just even the blurred lines of, of right and wrong now. Like right and wrong, what is that, right? I mean, we could debate all day on that, right? So, so things are more blurry than they've ever uh, been. We need more help than we've ever needed. And, and, and it just seems like everywhere you look, there's, there's chaos, right? And so if culture's something that I want to jump in on uh, and, and, and I want to have a belief that aligns with what culture is saying, what it's believing, what it's teaching, uh, what everyone else is doing. Um, my problem with that is things aren't getting better. Like it's not getting better. So the question is, what am I going to choose to trust? And how do I reconcile the differences that I see in culture versus God's word? Now, uh, what you first have to, have to understand and know is, once again, when, when I talk about 
the Bible, the Bible claims to be what? Truth. Okay? It claims to be the very words of God. Like, um, and, and, and Jesus himself in John 14, 6 said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay? So he says, I am the way. I am the, I am the truth. All right? So, so I, I am your source. I am truth. Okay? John 17, 17, it says, sanctify them in the truth. It says, your word is truth. Truth. Okay, so if I'm going to follow God's word, um, I, I need to understand and know that it's claiming to be my exclusive source of truth. So every other belief that I have, if I'm saying I'm following this, it, it needs to align with God's word, right? If, if that's my source. Okay? Um, now, we, we looked a couple weeks ago why it's reliable. Um, but I also talked about what we do with some of just the, honestly, just the weird stuff, right? Right? Come on, guys. Remember what I said. Remember what I said. It's going to be more boring the more boring you are. Okay. Um, so what do we do with the weird stuff, right? Now, some of you weren't there, and you're like, I have no idea. But yeah, there's some weird stuff in there, right? Like, I mean, some of these guys got like 15 wives. Like, there's some weird, like, relatives. Like, and yeah, it's weird, Okay. And then there's these things that I disagree with that they're doing. It's the way of life and all this. And it's like, well, what do I do with that? And, and, and what, I, what I shared with you like three weeks ago is this. You have to be able to understand the difference between description and prescription. Okay? So you have to understand and know that, that at certain points in the Bible, it's describing something. And just because it's describing something doesn't mean it's prescribing it, Right? It's just, like, it's just like the difference between me telling you what to do and me just telling you a story. If I'm telling you a story, I'm telling you a story, <laughs> right? I'm telling you about something that happened. If I'm telling you what to do, I'm saying you need to do this. And clearly, you know the difference, don't you? It's interesting, though, when, when, I, when I meet people and they're anti the Bible, they'll point out stories and go, well, look at that. It's affirming that. It's saying you should do that. And I go, no, no, it's not. It's describing a story. It's describing a setting. And just because it's describing a setting, it doesn't mean it's endorsing it. It's actually pointing to how that was culture. That was real. That was what people were navigating through. And I love that about Scripture because it tells us as it was. It doesn't like sugarcoat it or anything else. But you also have to understand and know that just because it's describing something doesn't mean, hey, you should totally do that. Right? Like, like, I mean, you're going to read some gnarly stuff in here. If you're like, oh, I want to read it. I want to grow. You're going to read some stuff that, and it's going to, and it's going to like hit you differently and, and give you all these different emotions toward it. And you have to be able to understand the difference between it saying, do this, and it describing to you something, describing a setting, describing uh, a story. Okay? Um, so, what do we do, though, when there's a clear collision between? what God's word is saying, and what culture is saying. What, what do we do in that uh, setting when they're, when they're saying two opposite, opposing things? They're pushing two different narratives, and, 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 and let's just pretend you want to please God. How do you navigate that? Well, the first thing is this. You have to understand 
the totality of Scripture. Now, that doesn't mean you have to understand everything in there, but you need to understand the overall narrative in order to help navigate the challenges you are against. Okay, so from the very beginning in the Old Testament, we see this group of people who God has set aside, okay? Who were those people? There you go. All right, so the nation of Israel, right? So, so he, he literally says, I'm going to establish you. I'm going to set you apart from every other people group, right? You're my chosen people. Awesome, awesome thing. Good for them, right? You're my chosen people. I've set you aside. I'm going to use you as an example of me to everybody else, to all the surrounding nations. You're going to exist to be this light. Everybody's going to look at you, and they're going to be able to see me through you. They're going to see how blessed you are. They're going to see uh, how you do things differently and, and all of that. Now, the question we have to ask is, why did he set them apart from every other people group at the time? Why? Did he set them apart to punish them? Was it like, I'm punishing you. I'm setting you apart. Did he set them apart to hold them back? Did he say, eh, you know, culture's doing this. I'm going to hold you back. Why did he hold them back? Why, or not why did he hold them back, but why, <laughs> you're like, yeah, why did he do that? Why did he set them apart from every other people group? Why did he do that, you guys? What you see is he set them apart in order to what? bless them, like to bless them. And ultimately through blessing them, they were going to glorify him. So he actually set them apart in order to bless them. And, and this is what he says to them before they're going to enter the promised land. In Deuteronomy 18.9, this is what it says. This is his instructions to them. When you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of those nations. Okay, so they're going to go into this promised land. As they go into the promised land, there's all these other groups of people there. And what are his instructions here? His instructions are when you go in there, all of you, all you people group who I've set you aside, when you go into that, do not imitate those people. Don't imitate them. Don't learn what they're doing. <laughs> right? Don't agree with it. Don't imitate it. Now, why? Because he's saying what they're doing is against my will. It's against my design. It will derail what I want to do in your life. And what he wanted to do was, once again, he wanted to bless them. He wanted to give them the greatest amount of fulfillment they could have on this planet is what he desires for them. And if you, you go, really? Yeah, read it. It's crazy. All that he promises them if they'll do it his way. But what do they keep doing? <sighs> they keep struggling with imitating the culture around them, don't they? They keep looking at culture. They keep looking at the people groups around them, and they see their beliefs. They see how they're living. They see what they're doing, and they go, we want to do that. We want to do that. I, I like what they're doing there. I like that. I'm going to do it that way. And God is like, no, don't do it that way. And once again, uh, God didn't say don't do that because he's mean. God didn't say don't do that because he wants to hold them back from experiencing joy, happiness. He didn't say don't do that because he's just this mean, grouchy, you know, being up there that's got nothing better to do other than to be mean to me, right? Like, no. He said don't do that because I want to bless you. Don't do that because it's going to distort and destroy the good that I want to do in you.
they struggle just as you and I struggle with, yeah, but I want to align. I want to fit in. I want to agree. And guys, what are we see? What do we see all throughout the Old Testament? What are the consequences of those choices to continue to align? Guys, we see continual chaos. We see consequences over and over again. I mean, sad consequences. You know what else we see? We see continual war. It's crazy. I'll have people literally say, man, I hate the Bible because it's so graphic. It's all about war. It just promotes violence. And I'm like, do you, do you, do you understand what's going on there? Like, it's not promoting that. It's sad. It's actually sad. And so we see that it didn't work out in the Old Testament, right? It didn't work out because they saw culture moving and they wanted to move with it. And so, but, but culture, once again, it wasn't progressing. It wasn't getting better, right? And so we see it destroy this nation over and over again. And then we ask, well, what about the New Testament, right? The New Testament, because that's the era we're in, right? New, me, the New Testament. Steve, talk about that. Well, here is what we see written to Jesus followers. In Colossians 2.8, this is what it says. This is Paul talking. He says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. That is a huge verse, okay? Double tap, underline, highlight, Colossians 2.8. Let me read it again because you're so engaged right now. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to the Christ. Now, um, here's what's great. I, I literally like, was like, hey, I wonder what the current description of philosophy is in the dictionary. Okay, now I know what philosophy means, but I was like, man, what is, what is the dictionary saying? And you know where I found the best uh, definition? Uh, it was in Webster's, but you know where it was at? It was in their kid's dictionary, which is way better. And here's what it said. This is what philosophy in the kids' dictionary says. It's the study of the basic ideas about knowledge, truth, right and wrong, religion, and the nature and meaning of life. Ooh, hold on. Let me read it again because you're so energetic. Philosophy, the kids' dictionary definition. The, mm -hmm, the study of the basic ideas about knowledge, right, <laughs> about knowledge, truth, right and wrong, religion, and the nature and meaning of life. Guys, that's everything, isn't it? Is that, what? no, no, no. That's a fail. <laughs> Turn off the podcast at this moment, okay? You guys are clapping at the wrong time. You're like, oh, that's so great. That's so much better than Colossians 2.8. Wow. You know, um, if you're new, I'm sorry for them. Okay. Um, but you guys, what we see here is he's saying, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy, which is all of that. 
and empty deceit. What's empty deceit? It's empty lies, right? It's lies that they're not full of truth. There's nothing behind them, but they're these continual lies. And here's what is so important. It says, according to human tradition, according to, the, to, according to what humanity is going to push, right? And, and human tradition is that continues to evolve, continues to change, right? And so, and so he's literally saying, see to it that no one takes you captive by this philosophy, by, by the study of, of, of truth, of right and wrong, of, of religions, of the nature and the meaning of life. See to it that no uh, person uh, literally uh, deceives you, takes you captive intellectually by what they're going to push on you. So, so don't allow any human being to hold you captive according to human thinking. Okay? And, and, it, and it goes with, with, with this overall theme about guarding our minds and our hearts, right? Uh, in Romans 12, too, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Okay, so what's it saying? It's saying don't just conform. It's crazy how we highlight people having their own individual beliefs, and yet our culture, like no other culture that I've been alive, pushes more people to conform. It's the most like opposing like thinking it's 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 like stupid to be honest it makes me mad it's like so wait what is it decide you either want everyone to think for themselves or you either want them to conform and what we're saying right now in culture is no you do both and it totally works and i'm like no it doesn't it only works if you're okay with whatever they believe and you're not you're only okay with whatever they believe if it conforms and so what we see here is do not be conformed to this way of thinking. It, it says, what, what are we to embrace? We're to actually embrace the transformation that comes about from following Jesus. There's a transformation that happens when, when, when I receive him as my Lord and Savior. A transformation. It's a newness. Uh, it's, it's not, and, and here's the thing for some of you that maybe are more skeptical to what I'm saying. It is not a newness in the sense of manipulation. It's not a newness in the sense of like, oh, just agree, don't think. No, it is a complete transformation of your heart and your mind. And you know what you feel in that? You feel freedom. Guys, if you're so caught up in conforming to uh, culture, you know what you're going to feel? You're going to feel enslaved to that cycle of culture. You will. Like, I, I guarantee it. You will not feel freedom in that. You will feel like, I, I have to keep up. I have to agree. Oh, my goodness, it's progressing to there. I, I better agree with that. I better go with that, right? And if you don't, people are going to be like, what's wrong with you? Or, or you, you don't believe anymore. Or you don't think you're, you've changed and all this. And you're like, no, 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 right? And you're actually going to feel enslaved to it. And the thing that I love about Christianity, which is the opposite of what people will say about Christianity, is you, the freedom that you actually experience based upon the transformation that happens in your life and your heart. And it's literally not this like manipulative, forced down thing. Like, like it's once you experience it, you go, oh my goodness. And, and, and so he literally says, don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And then, and then I love what he says. 
that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Do you, guys, do you hear this? This is so important. The Bible is so great about encouraging you to test. Like, test it. Like, like the Bible's not like, uh, it's not secretive like, oh, no, don't test it. Like, no, oh, no, just, just don't, don't do that. No, like, just come on. Like, no, it, it encourages you to test. It says test it. Test God's way. Test this and, and, and see where it's coming from. Test what people are saying. Like, like, test it. Don't just go with it, right? It's the very same thing I encourage you to do when I speak. Test it. Test it and see if it aligns with God's word. And if it doesn't, don't, don't receive it, okay? But he says, if you test it, you'll be able to discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. And so he encourages you, when you face something culturally, and, and you find yourself wanting to agree with it. And guys, I also want to be clear. I am not like anti-culture, okay? Because there's a lot of things in culture that are happening that are good. All right, so I'm not sitting here going, I hate culture. I hate it. Like, no, that's not, that's not the talk. That's not the point. The point is you are going to experience, because culture is continually changing, you're going to experience times where it bumps against what the Bible teaches. And it's in those moments you have to go, man, there's, there's tension. Uh, I'm, I'm struggling with this. How do I navigate it? And God invites you to test it, to test and he says, if you will test it, you will find the answer. Our problem is we don't test, do we? Our problem is we just agree with what feels right, what seems right, what I generally agree with, what people generally agree with, what makes sense, right? That's kind of what we go with. And I'll say this. I see Christians do that, and I see people that don't want anything to do with God. They both do it, and I would encourage both sides to test. Test it. But here's what we need to know when it comes to culture, when it comes to the Bible. God's word operates outside of culture. I think that's such an important truth. When you talk about how it's, it's timeless and you see culture changing and moving and opinions and thoughts and views and philosophy changing, God's word isn't operating to that beat. God's word is operating outside of it. Okay, so God's word is outside of culture, and it's outside of cultural trends, right? God's word is outside of political parties. Political parties change as well, don't they? It's outside of it. God's word is outside of, like, church denominations. There's so many denominations of churches. People are like, what's your denomination? What's your denomination? Oh, so you're like that. You're like this. Like, oh, oh, oh. And then they're like, well, what's your guys' domination at Ecclesia? I'm like, we're non-denominational. <laughs> what now? You know? Um, but like, no, it's like, it's, it's literally like, it operates outside of it. It's not like one denomination's figured it out. Oh, you know? It operates outside of it. And guess what? God's word operates above and outside of what our human biases want. It operates outside of it. So, what will you trust? What will be that voice? What will be the thing that causes you to go, I'm with that or I'm not? Will it be this YouTube personality? 
Will it be a social media influencer? Or will it just be you and what you want? I was just talking to a couple, and they're in the midst of this huge decision. And um, the girlfriend looks at the boyfriend, and she says to him, I just, I just want you to make a choice that's going to make you happy. And I'm like, oh. And then I looked at her and I said, here's the problem. You're assuming he knows what's going to make him happy. Yeah. I said, that'll be $200. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she was like, hmm. I said, that's a huge assumption. That's a huge assumption. And I said, let me tell you why I'm pushing back on that. I go, I'm in Eugene, Oregon right now. My heart never said go to Eugene, Oregon. There's so many things in my life that if, if I said, oh, my heart or my desires are like, I'm just going to follow that. Guys, my life does not align with that. It doesn't, okay? Like in every way. Every time I look at my third child, I go, two was the max. Two was the max. Like I had an agreement with God, two, two. And now there he is. And, and he is a wrecking ball. And, 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 and so, so do I look at him and go, why are you here? No, I don't do that, right? Why? Because God's like, hey, you need a third. You need a third. And, and so there he is, right? Like, and there's so many moments in my life where I go, well, this needs to happen. This will make me happy. God, this outcome needs to happen. Uh, God, this job needs to happen. Uh, this relationship needs to happen. All of these decisions that I've said, my heart's leading, my heart knows what I want, God, and all that. And guess what? A lot of those things, most of those things haven't happened. And guess what? Right now, looking back, I'm thankful for it. And so I get to sit here and have a conversation with someone who says, hey, I just want, I just want him to, man, I just want him to, to follow uh, his heart and I know he'll be happy. I'm like, no, he won't. And you're making a huge assumption with that. And guys, some of us are making huge assumptions about ourselves by trusting all our thoughts, our opinions, and our biases. We're making huge assumptions on ourselves. And I don't know about you, but, but I know that that's a dangerous game to play because I see how my emotions shift, change my thoughts, opinions, they shift and change my views of people. I mean, my views of people, it's scary. It's like, they're the best. All of a sudden now, they're the worst. And, and so what, do I just go with that every, every time I'm feeling that way about a person? No. I guard my heart. I test I, I consider it, and, 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 and I don't just go with what I want. I don't just go with what I want to believe. I don't just go with what my heart's telling me to do. I test all of it, and for me personally, I test it according to God's word because he knows, just like he did with the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, he knew what the greatest blessing they could have in their life would be, just like he does with you and me. And so whenever, whenever he's going to ask or whenever God's word is going to teach against something that other people are going to say, no, you should believe this, you should think this, or you should go with that, guys, that's never him saying, oh, I'm trying to withhold something good from you or I'm trying to hold you back or, or I don't want to bless you in this way. Like, No, it's always 
because he wants to bless you. And I think that's the thing that's become so twisted and distorted when it comes to navigating culture. Everything when it comes to God's way is viewed as he's holding me back. What's wrong with him? Why is he against? And we don't even think about what is he actually for? Well, over and over again in scripture, you see how he's for you. Now, what makes this so difficult? Why is this so hard? Why? Like, we can have a moment like this and go, yeah, 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 let's go. Why is this so hard? Well, unfortunately, in the Bible, it tells us why it's so hard. In John 15, 19, this is what it says. If you were of the world, this is Jesus talking, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. That's why. What do you want? What do do we all want? Every single one of us, what do we want? I want to be loved, right? Every single one of you want to be loved. All of us. There's not one of us that's like, I don't want to be loved. Get out of here. Yeah, you do. Every single one of us wants to be loved. Some of you are here, you just want to be loved. Some of you are here, and, and maybe you've never even like, and, and God is like this, this thing, this, but you're like, man, I, there's this internal desire to be loved, and so you're here, and you're looking, you're searching, you're seeking. Guys, we all are looking to be loved, and what's so uh, dangerous, it says in the Bible about culture and why we continue to fall, why we continue to, to struggle with this is it says, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own, and that's what I want, so I want to go with it because that's where I'm going to find the most people that are going to agree with me, that are going to affirm with what I want, and those are all the people that are going to say what? Steve, follow your heart. Follow it. Follow your desires. Follow like Just do it. Whatever you think, do it, right? They're going to do that. They're going to affirm that in me. And so that's why it's so easy. And then he says this, (laughs) but because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. That's why it's so hard. He says why this is so hard. And I appreciate that. Because he doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't say, hey, man, you just do this my way. You just, you know, you have this discussion, this argument, this disagreement. It's just going to work out. Like, no, he says, you're actually, you're going to be hated. Now, I want to be clear on this. Some of the hate that I've seen has been self-generated. Okay? What do I mean by that? There are certain people that look for fights. That's not what I'm talking about here right? There are certain people that are looking for people to disagree with. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about for me to live my life in a way that pleases him. And if I do that, and if I follow what he's saying to follow, if I believe according to the beliefs he's called me to, the world will not agree with it. And there will be hate because of it. And guys, We are now getting to a day and age. You are now in a culture. My kids are growing up in a culture where even if you respectfully disagree or have a different opinion about something, you will be hated. And that's different. I didn't have that growing up. It's a different world. And we are now entering into a day and age where just because of a difference in opinions, and even if you're respectful, you could be hated for that. And that's tough. That is really 
really tough. But I want to encourage you once again that doing it his way, following him, and testing whether something's of him or it's not, and coming to the conclusion whether he agrees with what you want or not, it's ultimately because of his love for you. It's because he wants to bless you, and it's because he knows what's best for you.